What do these three things have in common? Used cars, real estate, and mobile phone plans. Yep, you guessed it. We're talking sales. Welcome to the Tradings Business Show, helping you get off the tools and into true business ownership so you can spend more time doing the things that matter most. Now, here are your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. Hi, and welcome to another episode, and I have to say, I'm not looking forward to today's episode, Warwick. Oh, I'm sorry, but I am. I hate sales. Well, that's good. We've got the whole yin and yang thing going that's on right. here, because I love sales. You're going to convert me today? It's very exciting. I'm glad you're excited. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> but, it, but it is. It's one of those topics, isn't it, that really splits audiences, and it scares a lot of people as well. It is, and it's so critical to business success, but so many people are frightened of it and have this massive fear over it, and they make it a lot harder than it really needs to be. So today, we're going to show you how easy, really, sales can be in your business. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be hard, and it's it's probably a word that we'd like to get rid of, uh, and if I can just jump right in with my favorite definition for sales, um, or for salespeople, it's really about professionally helping others to buy. And so it really comes down more to education and information uh, and building trust and everything than about those horrible cliches with, uh, you know, as we talked about at the top of the show with real estate salespeople and used cars, all those really bad stereotypes that are out there in the marketplace. That's right. And when it's all about helping people, I mean, that makes the whole process a lot easier if you're solving problems and just trying to help them. And it really does help convert more people to be customers if you're looking at Mm. more like that rather than I've got to get the sale, how am I going to close it? You know, that whole pressure mindset. Yeah, all those really you – know, some of those techniques are outdated. Uh, it's like you say, though, and, and I want to grab a couple of words you used there, is problem solving. Mm-hmm. And it truly comes down to actually understanding the problem that your prospect is having and just showing that you've got a great solution to it and people buy those solutions mm. if they trust you and like you and all that other stuff. And so that's what we'll cover today, as we've said. So uh, let's get into some of the uh, sales issues that we see and hopefully help our listeners to, to overcome those. Great. So Warwick, what's the number one sales issues that you see with some of your clients and people you work with? Well, one of the key things I see is that most people in business are actually very good at talking about their product or service. They're very passionate about it. They believe they do a great job and that's all well and good and prospects can kind of see that. And uh, they believe that too sometimes. But one of the most fundamental things that's missing from a business owner sales process is just asking for the order or asking for the sale. What? You mean you just say? Yeah, you you just just say, hey, would you like to buy from me? Maybe not that cheesy. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, literally just get to the end of what you're talking about and say, you know, I think we should do this and that and we're going to dig this up or cut that off or whatever it might be. And then just say, so, you know, that's probably going to be this much money. Uh, How's it fit with you? And it's amazing in that silence how many people say yes. Mm. It's like, yeah, you know what? Let's get started. Yeah, and a mentor of mine always said, you know, when you ask that question at the end, just don't say anything more. Yeah, shut Keep up. your mouth shut <laughs> and wait for them to answer. And that's something I've definitely um, implemented as well. Absolutely right. And I think that's another problem there is that a lot of us, when we ask that question, if we're asking that question, is, is we say, so how does that fit with you? What do you think? And then we start to answer that question because blah, 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 blah. And we start talking all over the top of that silence. And it doesn't actually give the prospective customer a chance to say, 
well, actually, yeah, I'd really like to buy from you. So the best thing is actually to shut up yeah. when you're selling. Yep, just be quiet. <laughs> it's hard for some of us. I know it's hard for me. That's what I love about this podcast is I get to talk. Uh, but it is true, is um, ask the question and shut up and let the other person answer it because they could say yes and you don't have to do any more work. And if they've got some issues, they'll raise them with you. And more often than not, you can address those concerns and still end up with a customer. Right. And, and it's also, you know, also asking the question, but this is getting a bit tactical, but actually having the papers there to sign or the agreement there to sign, you know, we've talked before about making it easy to make the sale, but actually be ready to make the sale by having the contracts, your agreements, whatever you need, direct debit form, payment ways, have it there ready for them to, once they've said yes, get that signature down, they're hot, get them right there and then. Totally. And uh, yeah, you really have to go into these, uh, you know, if you're presenting a quote or you've got somebody in your showroom, however you're actually engaging with your prospective customers, you should be assuming that they are going to buy from you because that means that you're confident in what you're offering. Uh, if you go into these meetings or even phone conversations or however you're doing it, wondering, oh, will they, won't they, I don't know, they probably don't have a, a lot of money, maybe this is too expensive you'll actually unconsciously convey that to people. And uh, look, we're all human beings. We're, we're all tuned into other people's emotions. Uh, we know when someone's a bit off or a bit shaky or lacking confidence, and that actually will shake the confidence of your prospective customer uh, where they'll start to think, oh, geez, you know, maybe I should look a bit deeper into this or does this guy really know what he's doing? So, uh, yeah, you just have to believe that everybody's going to buy from you. And something I ask a lot of my clients when they when they – uh, bring up their challenges about sales and about asking people to buy from them, uh, that it's pushy and all that sort of stuff. The question I have, and I, and I pose this to our listeners as well, is do you believe that you offer a good product or service at a good price? Mm. And the answer that most people have to that is, yeah, absolutely, categorically, yes. Great. So why wouldn't you ask people to buy from you and not from the guy down the road that you're telling me does substandard work or you know hasn't got as much experience as you or whatever the case might be. So if you believe in what you're doing, just ask people to use you. Yeah, so it's all about showing that confidence. Yeah, yeah, totally. That you totally believe in what you do. Totally. Well, that's easy. Piece hey. of cake. There you go. Cool. What else am I doing wrong then? <laughs> well, we'd like to think of it as improving things, not necessarily <laughs> doing them wrong. But uh, tied in with that is actually not following a sales process. And so asking for the sale is actually one of the last things that you do in the sales process. And it tends to unfortunately be the focus of a lot of old school sales training where it's about getting people across the line and convincing them and dealing with objections and all those sorts of things, which, yeah, they're important techniques to know and, and be able to do. Uh, but more important than that is actually having a great process that, as we said at, at the, the opening of the show, it's about education. Uh, and about information. So a sales process really leads people through that um, process of understanding what we're offering and making sure we understand their problem so that by the time you get to the end of that process, really closing the deal as uh, you know, perhaps the used car salespeople <laughs> try and do um, becomes something of a formality. Yeah. And so what's some of the things that people should consider in their sales process? Look, one of the biggest things I see is not enough time and energy spent at the early stages building rapport, uh, providing information, asking questions and understanding 
the problem and the needs of your prospective clients or customers. So simple things like actually having a, uh, a lead sheet or an inquiry form. So when the phone does ring, and you know, we talked back in episode seven about getting more inquiries and how to market on a, on a tight budget and actually get the phone ringing more, it's no good having all these inquiries and, and having these emails coming in if you don't really know how to actually engage <laughs> those people and start to show that you know what you're doing and that you care about them. Yeah, so a good lead tracker sheet would have, you know, all their details so you can get back in contact with them, but also how they found out about you, but what kind of time frame they're looking at, their budgets, what else should be on a, a lead inquiry sheet? Well, obviously, we want to be asking people uh, the important marketing question of where did you first hear about us? Uh, but asking some of those questions that you know, um, I guess, are going to come up as part of solving their problem and, and um, demonstrating the value that you offer. So if you're providing a quality service and quality is an important part of what you do, then you should be asking them how important is quality to them in this particular job mm. or speed. You know, if, if you're one of the, if you pride yourself on how quickly you can, you can get out and, and uh, service your customers, then you'd be actually wanting to make a point of that, not by telling them how fast you are, because nobody likes to be told. Uh, but if you ask people about, well, how important is quality, speed, price, flexibility, all those sorts of things, that actually starts to highlight for you whether or not you've got the best solution for them, but it brings to the attention of your prospective customer the things that you obviously want to be talking about to show that you're the right person to be doing the job for them. That's right, and it also helps with uh, copy and things on your website and your marketing material as well. If they're highlighting them as important issues, not only covering that in the sales process, but also in getting those prospects in the first place. Absolutely, and and you would know as well, Michaela, that uh, having a process there makes it easier for me as a business owner to delegate parts of that process out to somebody else. That's right. So whether you don't have the time or really want to nurture your customers properly, it's easily something you can give to another team member or outsource. And a lot of the sales process stuff can be automated. You know, you can put things online so that you're getting them to answer questions online or you're sending them, um, you know, frequently asked questions before you turn up for appointments. So a lot of their objections may have been met previously before mm. you even turn up. So they're in a better position to say yes when you arrive. And all that can be automated and easily implemented into a business. And you're guaranteed to see a improvement in your conversions. Absolutely. And again, based on tradies that I've worked with over the years, uh, commonly seeing people who are getting only two or three clients out of every 10 inquiries and quoting the rest. So uh, I worked with a client a, a little while ago who had a million dollars of business that they'd quoted in a 12-month period, which represented a 50% increase in their turnover if they had won that business. Now, wow. it'd be unreasonable to expect they get 100% of it, but that was a lot of work went into quoting a million bucks worth of fencing. It was, mm. it was like pool fencing. Wow. That's a lot of quotes. That's a lot of running around to not actually get a result out of it. Mm. And so you think about the cost of doing that where some of these small changes can actually start to secure some of that business. 
and turn an okay business into a great business. Yeah, and it's I think it's about an average of one in five quotes most trades or, or builders win. Mm. Imagine if you only made that two out of five, all of a sudden you're doubling your conversion and your revenue. Yep. So it doesn't take much to really have an impact with some of this stuff. That's right. And we've had some case studies on the show where you know people have done exactly that. Yeah. And another important part of the sales process that I see a lot of people making that they miss is following up. Yeah. That dirty F word. <laughs> yes. I, uh, I love the words of one of my sales managers years ago. Uh, his three rules for success in sales, follow up, follow up, and follow up. That was his three rules for sales success. Uh, and sometimes it is that simple. I know, uh, you know, we, we had an episode where we had a bit of a rant about people not phoning me back. Yes. Uh, so it's a similar thing though of, of, yeah, sure, phone me back and do a quote. But, um, it just blows my mind the number of, of, of people who do a quote and then wait and mm. wait and wait. And they can be waiting a month later and still haven't heard back from them, but don't pick up the phone and say, Hey, how'd you go with that? Yeah. Did you end up making a decision? And I, th- I think often it's because of that fear of getting a no, uh, but they miss out on getting a yes because it's like, oh, if I don't call them, they can't say no to me. <laughs> and if you're listening to this and you're feeling some butterflies about the idea of uh, following up that stack of quotes you've got in your in-tray in the dark corner of your office somewhere, <laughs> uh, it's not that scary. No, dust the cobwebs off and go make some calls. At least you know that they are a no and you can chuck them in the bin or you know file them for later, which is probably a better thing to do, and stick them in your email database yep. uh, and you know just, just keep talking to them over the coming months. And getting a no is not a bad thing as well, especially if you can find out why you got the no. Yeah. You know, if it, whatever it was based on, then you can certainly look to improve that as you go forward. So getting a no also, you know, is important in the follow-up process as well. Absolutely. Yep. No, nobody likes uh, negative feedback, but it's the only way we get better. That's right. And, you know, if ask the customer, can I follow you back up on Wednesday? Hmm? You know, you've got their permission to ring, so ring them. Yep. You know, and maybe they didn't get the quote. You know, all exactly. these things go through our minds. Yep. Uh, maybe they've been too busy or whatever, and you just go, oh, I've been meaning to ring you. Yes, we want to go ahead. So, you know, it's certainly worthwhile doing it. Totally. And I, I remember uh, the, the interview we do, did with Adam Ellis, the uh, air conditioning guy, uh, and he talked about the uh, bullshit stories, basically, that mm. we listen to and, and not allowing that to influence our behavior. Uh, so, you know, that's exactly what happens here is we make up these stories in our head that, oh my God, you know, this guy, I don't know, he probably couldn't afford it. And oh, that lady, yeah, uh, she was probably a bit weird. You know, maybe I didn't didn't get on with her well enough, but until you make the phone call or, or at least send an email, which is probably not great, um, but make the phone call and say, hey, how'd you go? Did you make a decision? Uh, you know, there's, there's usually an extra couple of jobs in there. That's right. And again, if you don't like following up yourself, you know, get someone to do it for you. At least make those touch points as much as possible. Now, another thing I want to touch on is scripts. Ah, uh, this, we could go on for about half an hour about <laughs> scripts, I think. Look, tradies in their car, they're saying, no, 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 not scripts, half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bite-sized version. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I do love to talk though. <laughs> um, yeah, scripts. I, actually, I would love to hear from our listeners whether they're using scripts or not and what their thoughts on scripts are because um, I've, I've had feedback over the years from clients and I'm sure you have as well. Uh, I find a lot of people are against them. 
But what's what's your experience? Yeah, yeah, they they against them and think it sounds staged and everything. But yeah. I just think yeah. they're a great tool. Yeah, you know, they can be as natural as you want, but you you're getting the right information across when you need. Totally, because we're not talking about the uh, robotic telemarketing scripts that we hear uh, on the other end of the no. phone when we get pestered seventeen times a day uh, in our businesses. But it's more about just following a process again, isn't it? That's right. It's just having you know whoever answers your phone is answering it the same way. Just that consistency and professionalism that you want in your business. Mm. And again, the great thing about having those scripts is I could actually give that to a phone answering service and uh, you know pay someone 50 bucks a month or whatever it might be to answer my phone uh, while I'm busy on a job with a script in hand and actually do a bit of that initial warm up and get some get some details and then send it through to me almost as a qualified lead. Yeah, someone exactly. who's ready to talk to the tradesperson or the sales guy and and uh, get down to the tin tax. Yeah, and that's a lot what we do for clients actually answer the phones for them while they're on the tools, but we're more importantly qualifying their leads, getting the contact information that they need, answering those questions that they may not feel comfortable answering. So, mm. yeah. Yep. Don't have to do all the uh, the uncomfortable jobs ourselves these days. There's ways around it. That's it. <laughs> so how can we, once we get a yes, because we're going to get yeses more, what can we do to maybe get more from that yes? Well, there's there's some simple things. Again, I mean, a lot of this stuff is really simple. It's not necessarily easy in life, uh, but they are simple and some of it comes down to having a few different options. So um, I often find a lot of people are, they basically have a take it or leave it strategy to their sales. Yep. It's like, here's the quote, this is the price, do you want it or not? Uh, no. Okay, that's kind of that. Um, whereas if we had maybe two options, option A and option B, and so here's, here's a couple of options I've put together for you. So here's what you asked for and a price for that. And here's another one that maybe does more than that or it's better quality or it addresses a few other issues that the, the client's raised with us and here's the price for that one. So now you've got somebody who's picking from two alternatives that you've provided rather than one which is with you and the other which is not. Mm-hmm. So that can often uh, make it easier for people too to get over this whole um, sales reluctance uh, <laughs> of asking someone to buy from us. Um, but it's also a great way to offer some upsells and some add-ons that mean a lot of people, uh, you know, I guess we've all done it. We've spent more money than we expected on things, particularly when it comes to, you know, if you're out there listening to this and you're working in construction or anything to do with to do with people with people's people's. Often people have a budget, sure, and it's they they try and fit as much in for the least amount of money. Uh, but I know we've done it at home. My wife spent more than we anticipated, and uh, you know it, it's it's quite a common thing. Yeah, it's like, oh, would you like fries with that? Yeah, you yeah, know, absolutely. Just adding a bit extra, and also opportunities for some joint venture partnerships as well. So, again, if you're a, a pool fence person, you know, selling in landscaping or decking or whatever it be, and you know, creating those extra partnerships, but they're staying with you and your network of suppliers. Yeah, there's so many opportunities. They're so not just that easy upsell, but you know, having better partnership relationships and suppliers and things like that as well. Mm. And I think what that comes back to is not making assumptions. You know, stop assuming what the the person is going to spend or what they can afford because of the car they drive or whatever. Hey, it, it could be 
Warren Buffett and maybe half the people uh, don't even know who Warren Buffett is. But um, A very, very rich He's man. got a lot of money, right? <laughs> he's a rich dude. And he still drives around in a boxy old Volvo and uh, lives in the same home, I think, for the last 30 or 40 years in, mm. in the US that's just in the suburbs. Um, but the guy's one of the world's wealthiest men. Um, so you could actually assume that the guy can't afford uh, a new car or whatever, and maybe he's not going to buy one by the sounds of it. He's driving a boxy old Volvo. Um, but that's the thing. We make assumptions based on appearances or whatever, and often people will spend a little bit more if they want to get the quality or the speed or any of those things that you're offering them. Yeah. So give people the chance to actually make their own decisions. Uh, don't do it for them. And so I'm going to open up. A, I'm getting my can opener. I'm going to open up a can of worms here. I'm going to talk about pricing, the oh, old dollar figure. Yeah, pricing and discounting. Great way to get clients, <laughs> isn't it? Great now, I'm way sure to get broke we'll, too. We'll, we'll do a podcast on this just alone in the future. I think we should. Yes, yep. just about it, setting prices. Yeah, but uh, what are some guidelines that you think work? Oh, again, it sounds like I'm dissing on everybody today, doesn't it? <laughs> I said we weren't going to do a rant episode today. <laughs> uh, do you know one of the biggest things? that The way we set our prices is too often based on what our comp- competition are doing. Mm. Is we go and have a look or some some of us even mystery shop our competitors and go, oh, they're charging 88 bucks an hour. I'll do 87 mm. or 89 or worse, 78 mm. uh, to try and win the business that way. And... While, yes, we have to meet the market in some respect, uh, I've got lots of clients who are charging a lot more than their competitors and getting a lot more business Mm. because they have something different about their business. Uh, Maybe they've got a better reputation or they have just a better experience. Um, I'm working with a couple of mechanics at the moment and they have a great experience and people pay them for it and they're paying a premium for that service. And it's all about the value proposition that you're giving your customers. That's really what they want to know. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's look, it's not about price. Uh, it's probably, I can just about hear the groaning from our listeners, uh, <laughs> and maybe a few expletives as well, but it really is not about price. I've, I've been in this whole business gig for, well, 15 plus years. And just in the last seven years, every audience that I've presented to, I've surveyed, live survey, if you had to choose between the the cheapest price or the best value, which one would you choose? And 100% of the time, people say to me, best value. They want the best value or the best deal. Now, these people are also consumers, okay? So, they're sure, they're business owners, but we're all consumers, and so what people really want is is the best value. So if you as a business owner can show that you offer great value, people will buy that and they'll pay what they think it's worth. Uh, it's not always about the cheapest price. Otherwise, no one would drive, I don't know, BMWs and they wouldn't buy um, brand label clothing. We'd all be shopping at Best and Less and, and St. Vinny's. Um, so people want what they perceive to be great value. So yeah. yeah. Look at the marketplace when you set your prices, um, but by all means, work out what you're worth and what you think you're worth yep. and try and move towards charging that. And especially if you, you niche in a certain area and things like that, you're, you're very specific in who you target or service, you know, that's value as well. So you've got to take everything into consideration and it's, yeah. it's easy to increase your value. 
Absolutely. People pay a lot more for their kids' uh, braces than they do just for a filling um, because it's more valuable to them. It's more important to them. That's it. I know my dad does most of his fillings at home. (laughs) (laughs) Bit of home dentistry. So what else uh, is important when it comes to sales, Michaela? I mean, uh, what are some of the other things that, that maybe you see tripping clients up? Well, again, I think it's that whole um, mindset stuff around the whole fear of sales or fear of actually asking the questions and things like that, which we've touched on today. But it's really about that mindset thing and having confidence when you're going in and asking. I think if, you know, with the things we've mentioned today, we can really get over some of that stuff. Um, I think it really will make a big difference. So... Should we talk about the top 10 sales killers? We should. We have a list in front of us here with the top 10. (laughs) And we'll put those up in the show notes as well. So uh, don't try and write these down as we go through, but um, they'll probably be a topic for future episodes as well (laughs) because I think there's some curly ones in there. But basically, these are they're not the only 10, uh, but they they tend to be some of the most common ones that we see out there uh, in business land where – People really just stuff it up, don't they? That's it. And so at number 10 is, like I just said, the lack of confidence. And it's all about having that success mindset. Mm. Going into it thinking and believing that, well, I've got the best product or service, so you should really buy from me. That's it. And everyone can do that right now. And number nine is, what did you say? Not Not paying paying attention attention to details. (laughs) That was a really bad joke, wasn't it? (laughs) Um, But it is. it's, It's not listening, not writing things down. I mean, if you're talking to a prospective client, Take a notepad. Record the conversation. Uh, mm. I often do that with people is say, hey, do you mind if I record this because I don't want to miss anything? Yep. And most people don't care. They're happy for you to do it. Uh, it helps if you listen back to it later. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, jot things down. Use those those sheets that we talked about with um, you know inquiry sheets and that sort of stuff so you get all the important details. And it's also simple things like spelling errors, you know, spelling errors, grammar errors. You know, if you're copying off an old sales proposal, change the name. Oh, spell their name right. (laughs) Seriously. Anyway, I'm going to leave that one alone. (laughs) Number eight may be about you. I think think this one's got my name all over it, Michaela. It's talking too much. That's harsh. (laughs) I'm going quiet. (laughs) I'm not going to say the next one. We're just going to move on to number seven, which is a lack of professional appearance. Just turn up with a clean shirt and maybe tuck it in. Uh, should we say it? We don't want to see you crack. Can we say that? <laughs> yeah, we can. Yeah. But but uh, it still baffles me the number of uh, of people I see doing this. And and I know because I've worked with clients where part of our sales strategy and improving their conversion rate was literally just to get them <laughs> to wear a clean shirt or buy a new one that wasn't faded yep. and covered in uh, you know cement or or paint or something and just have a clean one hanging in the car. Mm. So when you go to deliver the quote or do the measure up, just chuck on a clean polo shirt. That's it's, it. It's really simple stuff. No blue singlets at quotes. No? No. And tats? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, vocabulary. Okay, so it's kind of tied to that professional appearance, but um, using language that's appropriate for the person <laughs> you're speaking to, maybe I'm not quite as uh, masterful at that on the podcast as I should be. But, yeah, we want to make sure that we're using the right language, don't we? That's it. And. And we're not only talking about profanities, are we? Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, so jargon? Yeah, they don't understand it. It goes over their head. Just use terms and, and explain things in 
easy to understand terms that they're going to understand and go, oh, okay, this guy really knows what he's talking about and not just everything he said just gone over my head and I've tuned out. Mm. Or this is going to sound expensive. Yeah, you know? that's right. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point about jargon, isn't it? Mm. it? It starts to sound really costly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else we got here? So number five, lack of qualification system. Yeah, and that's coming back to all that, you know, pre-qualifying your leads and having a bit of a sales process so that you're only spending time on, on people that are serious about buying and, and not time wasters. Mm, so those, uh, you, you know, you were saying before, one in five, getting that to two in five, part of that is making sure that we're only speaking to people who are serious. That's it. Yeah, yeah. cool. And four, we've kind of talked about this a bit, but not knowing how or when to ask for the sale or close the sale. Yeah. Uh, so have I done enough work to actually say, so would you like to buy from me? Yeah. Uh, so that one's pretty important. Number three. Not building enough rapport. What I mean, is rapport? Oh, like having a conversation. How was your day? How's things? You know, if you see something of interest in their house or the kids are running around, just, just asking a few questions, saying good day, not in and out like you don't care, you're on a quota, just spending a bit of extra time with them and building that rapport, and they're more likely to buy from you. People want to buy from people, not businesses. So mm. put a name to your business as well as building that rapport when you're on site. Mm. And I heard a great quote uh, quite some time ago that all things being equal, people buy from people they like, and all things not being equal, people still buy from people they like. And we like to do business with mates, don't we? We do. Yeah. And uh, feel like we're doing business with somebody that we get along with. Yeah. So it's, it's like you say, just establishing that rapport and commonality. Yeah, and it's something um, part of our trade business with my husband. He always goes on about how oh, he had to stay an extra 15 minutes and chat, mm. but he's pretty sure that, you know, mm-hmm. he'll get the sale because he had that extra chat. So it makes such a difference, especially if you find common issues and things like that. Totally, totally. And number two, not asking for the sale. So that's where we've talked about uh, just just getting to that really uncomfortable silence where it's like, what do I do now? I've given them the quote. I hope they say yes. <laughs> and I think we've mentioned this about four or five times in this podcast alone. So, you know, get how important it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we stress that enough? <laughs> I don't think so. And number one, the, the number one sales killer is... Ego. It's a dirty word. It is. Get that ego out of the room. And really that whole ego thing is the need to be right. Yep. The, the, the number of arguments I've heard people get into with a prospective client because they've been challenged on something, it's like you are never going to get that sale. That mm. person is never going to buy from you. So we really have to get rid of our, our ego and our need to be right. But also it's that, I guess, a uh, little bit of arrogance and that side of things, which comes from those really bad stereotypes of salespeople. Yeah, that's it. So there you have it, listeners, uh, top 10 sales killers. Hopefully we've uh, put to rest some of your fears about, uh, about sales and selling. Um, don't go and open a car yard or, uh, <laughs> you know, join, join real estate. And I've got some good friends in real estate. Hi, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> Now, if our listeners want a copy of those top 10 sales killers, we've got a downloadable reminder list for you at Tradies Business Show forward slash 11, uh, which is the episode there where you can download that and also join our mailing list so you can stay up to date with um, future episodes. Absolutely. And if you like the show, and even if you don't, 
please leave us a review on iTunes. We do read them all and we really want to hear from you. So uh, tell us what you think. And if you've got any questions that you want answered on the show, you could be a, uh, a featured question. Go to the website, tradiesbusinessshow.com. Click on the voicemail uh, tab there and you can actually leave us a new fangled voicemail. Oh, we're fancy here. <laughs> oh, we're up with the technology. <laughs> So, look, thanks for listening. Uh, been great talking about sales. I can't wait till we get back into this topic again next oh, time. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, till next time. See ya. Ciao. You've been listening to the Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. Want to get off the tools into true business ownership? Find out how at tradiesbusinessshow.com.